Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gate's daily podcast. If you love Wisdom's Echo and want to invest in the lives of our speakers, head to patreon.com slash wisdoms echo, where for as little as $2 a month, you can help us deliver the same impactful content you enjoy. This is Stephen McKee, and today I want to speak about God's unbreakable covenant Do you know, when we pray, sometimes we don't realize that God is a covenant-keeping God. In other words, when he says something, he will fulfill what he said. He cannot lie. He is not man that he can lie. And when we go to the Lord in prayer, and you have got a promise from his word, then his covenant cannot be broken. God will answer what he has promised if we fulfill our side of the covenant. But what is a covenant? A covenant is a conditional promise made to humanity by God, as revealed in Scripture. The agreement between God and the ancient Israelites, for example, in which God promised to protect them if they kept his law and were faithful to him. See, there's two sides to the covenant. A covenant is like a legal agreement. It's really courtroom language. It's legal language. And God is a covenant-keeping God. For example, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So God gives promises He makes a covenant with us, but there's conditions. Our part of the agreement is to humble ourselves, one. Pray, two. Seek his face, three. Turn from our wicked ways. Then God will fulfill his side of the agreement, and he will hear our requests. He will forgive our sins. In other words, everything that blocks God moving in our lives, everything that stops God um, moving through us, Everything that stops us fulfilling our scroll and he will heal our land. Whatever land we're talking about, whether it's a natural land, whether it's I live in Scotland or Ireland or America, wherever, he will heal the land. So how do we humble ourselves? We simply recognise that without God, we can do nothing. Do you know, this is a huge one. We need to be humble before God. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. In other words, divine enablement of the heart. He gives divine power for you to overcome when you humble yourself. And really, that just means that we recognize that without Christ, we can do nothing. Even Jesus said he could do nothing without his father, nothing at all. He was the son of God. He was God. And yet, he humbled himself to the very... Um, to the lowest level you could get where he said I can do nothing he was God and he lowered himself he humbled himself and became a servant even unto death even unto the cross he was crucified he knew that without his father he could do nothing so we recognise that without God rescuing us or our nation if we're praying for a nation we are in serious trouble without him. We've got nothing. What am I talking about? I'm talking about covenant. I'm talking about the God's covenant promises. The word of God is a covenant. You've got the old covenant and new covenant. And the covenant 
is a powerful legal agreement between God and man that God will not break. He cannot lie. He puts his word above his name. He cannot make a promise and not fulfill it if we fulfill our side of the covenant. So what is our wicked ways using that scripture? Our wicked ways can be unbelief. It can be personal sin, jealousy, unforgiveness, bitterness, lust, lukewarmness, lethargy, lack of hunger, lack of expectation, contentment with the way things are, no fear of God, lack of holiness. These are just some of the things that can hinder the covenant-keeping God answering our prayer. Proverbs 6, 16-19 says, These are six evils God truly hates, and a seventh that is a, an abomination to him. See, the real fear of the Lord is actually hating the evil within us. So we've got to make sure that we've got these things dealt with, the junk dealt with in us, so that God will keep his covenant-keeping promise to you. So Proverbs 6, 16-19 says, Putting others down while considering yourself superior. Spreading lies and rumours, spilling the blood of the innocent, plotting evil in your heart towards another, gloating over doing what's plainly wrong, wrong, spouting lies and false testimony, and stirring up strife between friends. These are entirely despicable to God. These things in us are the things that hinder the covenant-keeping God answering us when we take petitions to him, when we ask for things in the, the courtrooms of heaven, when we ask before the Lord for him to do stuff in our land, our nation, our life, our family, our region, we need to make sure that we are fulfilling our side of the covenant. In other words, go before him humbly. Use the scripture in, in the Psalms. I always use this scripture when David says, search me, O God, to see if there's any wicked thing in my heart. Why? Because we need to allow him to be the searchlight. We need to allow God to search us, to see if there's anything hindering us. Because the, when God doesn't um, give us what we're asking for or what we're seeking for, the trouble's not on God's side. God is a covenant-keeping God. He will give us the answers. He will fulfill his word. He cannot lie. So therefore... The problem must be in our side. So we just need to simply get before him humbly, humbling ourselves, turning away from our wicked ways, presenting our heart and our life to him humbly and saying, search me, O God. We don't search ourselves because we've got blind spots. There's things in our own lives we won't even recognize that we've got that's not right. Probably you've got stuff in your life that you don't know hinders you because we've got blind spots. That's why we take it before the Lord. And ask him to search us because he knows everything. He shines his light on it, not to condemn, but to bring to the light the hindrances to the covenant promises being manifest in your life. So, we need to seek God. We need to go after him. We need to let him search us. And when he's dealt with the stuff, we can then remind God of his covenant promises because the blockages from our side will have been dealt with. And this is why you repent. You simply turn away. You simply change your mind. You simply allow the blood to speak. This in the heavenly court. The blood speaks, it says in Hebrews. What does it speak? After you've humbled yourself and asked for forgiveness, the blood speaks forgiveness. The blood speaks mercy. The blood speaks grace. The blood is what enables you to overcome. 
the blood enables you to walk in righteousness and holiness. It's not your effort. It's not your righteousness. It's not your holiness. It's his righteousness and his holiness. So here's another scripture. Isaiah 44.3. And this is an example of covenant. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. That is a scripture that they used in the Earl of Lewis. They prayed this prayer. They got a hold of a covenant promise from God for their island. The two old ladies and many others used this prayer on the Earl of Lewis. You see, they knew God was a covenant-keeping God. This was a secret that they knew. And they knew that God had to answer. And actually, one of the elders actually prayed in a barn and he said Lord he said more than this but this is this is just my um <clears throat> remembering what he said I don't remember the whole prayer but he said God you have promised to pour water on the thirsty land but you're not doing it now that sounds rude to us but it wasn't rude what it was these men and women knew about God being a covenant-keeping God. They believed in the covenant promises. They knew that God had to fulfill his covenant. And when that elder prayed that, the whole barn shook like a leaf. It was like an earthquake came. And it says the Spirit of God came and was loosed in all of Barvis. Barvis was a region a small region on the island. But because these men and women took a hold of a promise, one promise, it says, for I will pour out water on him who is thirsty and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. And they said, Lord, you have promised us. You are a covenant-keeping God, but you're not doing that. As soon as he said that, the power of God was loosed on a whole region. And we all know the history of the Lewis Revival. Hundreds of people, thousands of people running out of their houses to seek God because the fear of God came to a whole region. But before that movement of revival ever came, there was men and women who knew that God was a covenant-keeping God. And we have got to know that God in our day is a covenant-keeping God. Charles Spurgeon says this, Settle this in your heart. Whether I am up or down, the Lord Jesus is the same. Whether I sing or sigh, the promise is true and the promiser is faithful. Whether I stand on the summit or I am hidden in the valley, the covenant stands fast and everlasting love abides. God is a covenant-keeping God. We need to get a hold of scriptures, get a hold of promises. For your life, for your village, for your region, for your nation, for your situation. And begin to believe in the God of covenant. That he has made a covenant in blood. The cross and the death of Jesus was a covenant made in blood. In other words, when he made a promise because of that covenant, he paid it. He paid that covenant. He made that covenant with his blood. It's the highest trade in the heavens of the blood of Christ. 
It's, this is the new covenant, Jesus said. This is the new covenant. So any scripture, any promise is not just a random text, a random nice scripture to read and go, that's lovely. You can take it as a promise from God himself. But we need to fulfill our side of the covenant. So you just sit before the Lord simply. Take the psalm that I spoke about and say, Lord, search me. Why? To see if there's any hindrances, if there's anything against you in the courtrooms of heaven, if there's any accusations against you, if you feel that there's something against you, simply agree with the accuser and say, Lord, forgive me. That then gives the judge the right to say whatever the accusation is, it is overruled because of the blood. Then the covenant-keeping God can fulfill his promise to you and nothing can hinder it. Nothing. Matthew Henry says, Those that set God always before them and walk before him with all their heart shall find him as a good as good as his word and better. He will both keep covenant with them and show mercy to them. A.W. Tozer says, Real faith never disappoints because it is in God, grounded on his character, promises, covenant and oath. I want to read that again. I just I just love that. It's an oath from the Lord Jehovah, Yahweh himself, the God whose name the ancient Israelites feared to even declare or say. And he makes this promise to us. Real faith never disappoints because it is in God, grounded on his character, promises, covenant and oath. I just encourage you to realise that God is a covenant-keeping God. God kept his covenant in the Hebrides in 1949 when people dared to believe God's covenant and even one challenged God. And I'm not saying you have to challenge God because these men and women were friends of God. They knew him. They knew him, and that's how they could have such confidence in his word, in his covenant. And they said, Lord, you have promised to do this. You have promised to move in this land, and you're not doing it. I just encourage you, friends, get out the, the word. Get the promises, even the promises that have been given to you personally through prophecies. Timothy when Paul was talking to Timothy, he says, use the prophecies to war. And I don't believe he's talking about warfare, but it's like believe them so that they begin to manifest in your life. Get your promises out. Get your prophecies out. It's a covenant to you. And begin to believe them. And then sit before the Lord and ask him to search you to see if there's any hindrance. And if there is, you simply repent. You simply allow the blood to wash you from everything that hinders. Then you believe in faith and declare and decree that the covenant-keeping God will fulfill his side of the covenant and nothing can stop it. Amen. Thanks for listening, guys.